Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Hey, you're back for another episode. Today, we're talking all about why you're not converting on your free calls, whether you call them a discovery call, a strategy session, a clarity breakthrough, it really doesn't matter what you call them. If you are getting on the phone with your ideal customers and they are not turning into yeses and you are beyond frustrated, this is the episode for you, my friend. Stay tuned. So let's talk about this in more detail, shall we? Because it is my mission in life to help you make sure that you understand what it is that is creating success for you, but more importantly, what is getting in the way of you being able to create consistent success. And there is nothing more frustrating than having your calendar booked out with sales calls, with discovery calls, with potential customers, only to not have them turn into a yes, right? So I know I've talked about before that the whole purpose of a sales call is not to get to a yes, it's to get to a yes or a no, but let's face it, if your calendar is consistently booked with more no's than yeses, there is something wrong going on in your process. And today we're going to break down why this might be the case and I'm going to walk you through five different components of what is happening that is potentially adding or contributing to this problem. So let's fly through these real quick. So number one is the wrong people. And it's related to number two, which is that they're not qualified. So let's talk about these together because I think it's really important for you to understand that if you're not converting on your free calls, on the discovery calls that you're having, there's a reason why. And too often, probably more than 50% of the time, when I ask my clients a little bit more about who's getting on the calls with them it is these two these two things you're either getting on the call with the wrong people and or you have not qualified them enough so they might be the right people but they're not ready yet meaning the timing is not right so they're too early on in the journey and if either one of these scenarios shows up for you it creates a lot of missed opportunity because you're wasting your time talking to somebody who is not the right person for you or they're the right person, but they're not at the right time. So what do you do? Well, you need to really clarify who the person is and at what point do they need the service that you're trying to sell? I'm going to pause for a moment there so that you can ponder on that. Okay, because it is really important that you understand that if you don't have the right people that are going to get the right results, that are at the right moment in time when they need the solution that you're offering, they will not say yes. Even with the best sales process, even with the the actual questions that you need to ask, it doesn't matter. They're already a no even before you begin. That's what I want you to understand is before you begin 
the whole sales conversation, they are already a no. You just don't know that yet. So what would happen if you already knew? Well, probably a lot of things, right? Imagine how much more freedom you would have. Imagine how much more time you would have. Imagine how less frustrated you would be if you were able to get to the no sooner rather than later. If you already knew in advance, you probably wouldn't spend the extra time, which is really, really important because as you know, time is finite, meaning there is an end to the amount of time that you have. There is no end to the amount of money that you could have. Money is limitless. I know that you might not believe me right now, especially if you are in a situation where money isn't limitless, but money really is limitless because you can make more money on demand. You cannot make more time on demand. It is much, much more difficult. And yes, you can outsource and delegate and essentially get more time, but more and more people are not doing that to the same degree. And so I want you to really respect your time as much as possible. It's the gold standard, which means that you have to be ruthless in understanding who should be getting on those calls in the first place and ensuring that they are qualified. So your criteria needs to be very strict on who is ready to get on a call with you. And for those who aren't ready, you have a process for that. So um, I help my clients inside of Sell With More Ease with that whole process to make sure that you understand what are the red flags, what do you need to do in advance, what are some of the questions and the criteria that you use in order to make sure that you're only getting on the phone call with the right people who are a good use of your time, not only from your perspective, but also from their perspective that you are actually going to be able to serve them properly because that's what really matters. And that's when you are better equipped to hear yes rather than no's before you even begin. So the third part is, number three, too much coaching. Too much coaching. Now, I don't like doing free consults as a sales tool. I think it gets very messy. I think it's very confusing. That's when you feel like bait and switch. And I think it's really important that you have a line in the sand drawn. If you're doing a free coaching call, which I have no problem with, it is exactly that. It is a free consult. It is free coaching. And that's it. If somebody then asks about your services as a result of the amazing coaching that you've given, that's a different story. But to use it as a way to bypass having an actual sales conversation by disguising it as a free consult or a free session, but it's really a sales conversation, I have an issue with that. That is where things feel very, very precarious, and that's when people start to feel sleazy, slimy, sold to. Yuck. Don't do it. Now, if you're one of those students out there that has learned from somebody that's teaching this and you're struggling with it, I'm not going to teach you this way. So if you're looking for permission to continue doing what you're learning and do it in a better way, I'm sorry, but I'm going to just tell you to just change the way that you're doing it because I believe that those two should not be swapped. I think it's really, really important that if you're telling people that I'm going to give you a free coaching call, that you deliver that you give them a free coaching call, but then your intention is not to sell them at the end. Your intention is just simply to serve. And as a result of doing great service, will they ask you about what it is that you can help them with? Absolutely. Absolutely they will. And then you need to make very clear 
that now we're having a sales conversation. Okay, great. So this is the part where now we're going to assess whether or not we're a good fit to work together to perhaps deal with some of the other things that you might need some help with beyond this free coaching you know, component that I just gave you the answer to. That's really different. Um, I don't like mixing up the two. That's just me. Because I think it makes things feel very heavy and clunky and people don't know what they're getting into. They're there for free stuff. And inherently, that is at odds with the thing that you're trying to do, which is to get them to buy the thing, which is not free. So if you are doing too much coaching in that your sales call is a sales call. It is not designed to be coaching. It is designed to create clarity for both of you to figure out, A, are you qualified to work with me? B, do I want to work with you? And C, can I actually help you? And what does that look like? So once you've determined that for a sales conversation, there really shouldn't be any coaching involved. That's what happens when you get paid. And to be perfectly honest, when I hear about folks that are providing coaching on a sales conversation, they don't have permission to do so. There is no coaching relationship that has been agreed upon. There is no contract. There are no terms. There is no um, expectations that have been set. And I think that is doing a disservice for both of you because you're putting a Band-Aid on something that you know is a festering wound. And for the people who desperately need your help, that is not going to satisfy them, although it makes them satisfied in the moment. And that creates more frustration for both parties and a lot of headache and hassle that then you have to kind of backtrack from. So I don't like that model. I prefer that when you sell, you sell transparently, that you do it with integrity and that you do it authentically to who you are and what you want to deliver. And when you do that correctly, that people are guided in that conversation. You step up as a leader and they are encouraged to step up as a leader as well. And you have a meeting of the minds about what it is that is the problem, what it is that is the solution and what the next steps look like with a final decision, yay or nay. And that's it. So when you are doing too much coaching, it is, it is giving people a false sense of satisfaction. And that is why they say, this was amazing. Thank you so much. This was great. And nothing else. <laughs> and then you're left thinking, oh my God, I thought that they were going to want to work with me. Everything that they said was like perfect for what it is that I deliver in my programs. But unfortunately, that's not what you communicated, right? Because you were too busy coaching instead of guiding the conversation into them understanding that what they have is a problem and what you have is a solution to that problem. Number four is positioning yourself as a peer. Now, I had a lot of clients before, not as much anymore, but I had a lot of clients initially that came to me and kept saying, Susan, I'm in the dreaded friend zone. So if you have been dating or have ever dated, you know what I'm talking about, the friend zone. Nobody that's looking for a partner or wanting to be in a serious relationship with somebody wants to be in the friend zone. And as a business person, that's what I mean by the friend zone. You definitely want to be friends or friendly with your potential customers because that is relationship building. You want to be able to spend time with them. You don't want to work with somebody that you don't like. 
but you don't want to be caught in the friend zone, meaning you don't want to be seen as a peer. Remember that we work with individuals that are experts, that are authorities. And even though you might be a peer in some regard, you have to be above their level of expertise for the thing that you uniquely do. And if you don't, they won't pay you. They will pick your brain. They will try to buy you lunch, take you out for coffee. Does any of this sound familiar? Because a lot of my clients come to me facing these same challenges, that they haven't positioned themselves enough of, uh, as an expert. And what this means is that you have to value yourself and your expertise and your superpower. And if this is an area that you're struggling with, go back and listen to our previous episode that is all about value. We'll link it up in the show notes below um, where I go into a little bit more detail. Because if you don't position yourself as the go-to person in your niche, in the thing that you do, nobody else will. And if you don't recognize that and you are wanting other people to just like you and fearing to make them feel uncomfortable by being ahead of them, then they will consistently see you as a peer. They, want, they won't want to pay you. And too often what I see are experts being caught in this trap because especially if you are a woman, it's uncomfortable to pull yourself out and to stand above. And this is not a matter of looking down on people. This is a matter of owning your ish, right? This is a matter of you taking charge and saying, I am the best at what I do. And having that confidence and knowing the results that you offer and knowing that you know what you know without a shadow of a doubt and being able to claim that in such a way that it provides your client base with the confidence in knowing that, hey, when I work with Susan, she knows what she's doing around sales. When I work with so-and-so, she knows what she's doing around her health and wellness. That's what I want. That's who I want to learn from. And if you don't have that expectation built in where you have provided that level of experience or authority and just it's a confidence that comes across, you can't dim your shadow, you can't dim your light so that others can shine brighter. Know that you shining brightly gives permission to those who want your light and that want to learn from your light and that you have that ability to lead them and guide them, but not if you're stuck in the shadows. Okay? So that's number four. Number five which you're going to think is a no-brainer, but I'm going to tell you how many times I have been uh, shadowing and listening and watching. And this is missed more often than I would like, <laughs> so, which is why I'm sharing it here with you right now. There is no offer or invitation. Now, you would think that on a sales call, a discovery conversation, a free consult of some kind, like a free call that is designed to sell, that there would be some kind of offer. 
So here's the caveat, because remember what I said before about the, there's too much coaching going on. When you have a free call and you've positioned it as a coaching call and that's it, you are not offering a sales conversation. You are not offering the thing that you sell, but you still need to make an invitation for something else to keep moving forward, to further the relationship, not to make a sale, but to continue the conversation. And too often, those free consults don't have an invitation. They don't have an offer to keep going on what is the next step look like. Now, I want you to really tread with, with caution because if you're using it to move into a sales conversation, that is one thing entirely. But if you're using it in order to sell, you already know my view on that, right? So the main thing here is maybe in a free consult, you have discovered here, here's the free advice. And actually you have a problem on this. So the invitation might look like I have a resource for you that might be helpful in outlining ABCD. Would you like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Great. You've made an invitation. You've furthered the relationship. You've given more value and you've allowed that person to figure out that there's something else that they need help with. Now, if they need more handholding, again, they may ask you for your area of expertise and to learn more about your programs and services. Awesome. Now you have the green light to keep moving forward in that conversation. But when you have an actual sales call, and you're just waiting for them to throw money at you, to ask, how do I work with you? Now, it does happen. It does happen. But what happens if it doesn't happen? Because let's face it, that person is on the call with you because they want help. And most of the time, as adults, as high performers, we're scared to ask for help. We're scared to put up our hand and say, I don't know what the heck heck I'm doing. I need somebody to guide me. That is really uncomfortable to put yourself out there and to declare something so big that you desperately want it, like your dream or your vision, or to admit that you are struggling so badly that you need somebody to be able to step in and give you some guidance. Either way, they're a scary place to be able to move from. And if you think that that person is just going to voluntarily proclaim this to you, most of the time, it's not going to happen. So if you don't make the offer, if you don't make an invitation, if you don't open the door to say, I hear you, I know what it's like, and here's how I can help you and provide that opportunity to your potential client so that it gives them a way out. It gives them that kind of sigh of relief to go, whoo, you get me. Okay, that's great. Yes, yes, please. And you give them an opportunity to talk about the thing that they desperately want. Because remember, they book the call with you most of the time, right? And even if you book the call with them, it's because you have determined that they have a problem that you can solve and that they want to actually talk about it. They showed up on the call because they want to talk about it. So you already have a green light to keep talking about it. And yet, too often, it's not happening. So that's number five. It is probably the most important, along with number one, again, we're bookending for these last few episodes, because I think it's really important that you understand how you open is as important as how you close. And if you're getting the wrong people on the calls, you're 
even if you make the invitation and make offers for your programs and your services, they won't say yes. They may not even say no. They might just be a, huh? Because they're confused. You have the wrong people. So I want you to really understand that these five different things are super, super simple, but they're extremely critical in helping you to diagnose why your free calls, your discovery calls, your sales calls, your um, clarity breakthrough calls, whatever you call yours are not converting into paying customers. So let's do a quick recap before we close us off because I covered a lot of stuff today. Number one, you have the wrong people. Number two, they are not qualified. So they're the right people, but they're not yet ready to move into that next step with you. Number three, you've spent too much time coaching or you've provided too much coaching on the call itself. Number four, you are positioning yourself as a peer. You've fallen into the dreaded friend zone instead of the expert zone where you get paid zone. <laughs> and number five is no offer or invitation. You simply aren't asking. You simply aren't asking. So today, your action item from our podcast today, our episode, is to figure out which one of these five you are falling into. Which one of these five is the one that you believe is the reason why you're not converting as many calls as you possibly could be. This is not talking about your processes all. This is just simply talking about these five different components. And I want you today to so figure out which one, and then based on the information that I shared with you on the episode, is to take one step forward to make a change. Declare it. You can tag me on social media. Um, let's do it on the grams over at at Susan McVay, you can tag me and let me know what you're doing differently in order to be able to get better results on the next discovery call that you handle. So if this resonated with you, or if you have more questions, head on over to my podcast page, leave me a voicemail so that I can help you. This is how I come up with content. And I want to make sure that you're getting as much value as I can provide to you in this particular area. This is my jam, it's my sweet spot, I love it to death. And so if this is an area that you're struggling with on your sales conversations and your, your talks with people, let me know. Let me know what questions you have. Head over to the widget, I think it's the voicemail widget thingy. You can tell I'm very technical, right? And let me know what your questions are and I will use them on upcoming episodes to be able to help you specifically. Thanks so much for this episode. And if you are struggling with hearing, I can't afford it because you realize that outside of these five things, you are still nervous about dealing with the pricing objection and hearing, I can't afford it. And what do I say? And I just simply stop and I don't do anything else. I want you to grab my free resource for you. The link will be below in the show notes where you can turn I Can't Afford It into Sign Me Up with three proven strategies. They are scripts, they're questions actually that you can ask today on your very next sales call where you are coming across this objection in order to continue the conversation, not about convincing or 
coercing or pushing people into buying something that they honest to goodness can't afford, but it is allowing you to keep moving the conversation forward instead of closing the door, like slamming it in your face so that that no is now cemented as a no. If you need help in this area, you're going to want to grab my resource. Uh, Go check us out over on the show notes and we will talk to you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.